Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, all right. Una vez más estamos en el show de los 30 30 uh, Estoy muy agradecido que estén escuchándonos el día de hoy. Hoy tenemos un, una invitada muy especial de Hueco. Uh, lo voy a decir en español y en inglés. O ella habla inglés, obviamente, y, este, y nos va a decir qué es lo que hace. Uh, la señora Jim McCall es una, trabaja para una organización que se llama uh, Ministros y Compasión de Hueco. Entonces, ella nos va a explicar un poquito qué es lo que hacen y cómo funciona su, su lugar de trabajo y, y qué es lo que representa para ella este lugar. Okay, so today we had a, a great guest. We have Miss Jim McCall. Uh, she works for the Compassion Ministers of Waco. Uh, thank you so much, Michelle, that you came over here to the show de los 30 30 and, and share a little bit of your time and uh, exactly what y'all guys do. And, you know, hopefully the people can listen and uh, learn from you and I and and can get help from y'all guys. Thank you so much and thanks for having me here today. Um, my name is Jill McCall. I've been the executive director now of Compassion Ministries 23 years. I just finished up 23 years, June 1. Uh, Compassion is um, a special place. It's a transitional housing facility for homeless families with children. And families with children for us is anybody that has children. So it's obviously probably 95% of our residents are single moms with their kids. But we do take single dads with their kids. We take couples with children. Uh, we've even had several grandmothers with children that have had to take over to be the parent of their grandchildren. So Anybody with children is who we serve at Compassion. Um, we offer many, many services. Um, most importantly, we are housing uh, for, for homeless families for homeless with families. children. Homeless. And uh, we have 14 apartments. Um, we offer services. Probably the most important thing we do is offer case management, intensive case management, trying to determine What is the problem? What is the issue that has made this family homeless? Um, I used to say about a third of our residents were there because of substance abuse, a third because of domestic violence, and then the last third there for various reasons, but maybe more financial. I will say since 2008, though, that's kind of shifted a little bit, and especially after the pandemic that we've been through, um, 
it's more like 40 to 50% are there purely because of economic reasons. Um, They either lost a job, their hours were cut so much, something happened to their work, or um, it wasn't enough. They got they got reduced, their hours got reduced so much that it wasn't enough to pay their rent and their utilities. And so they ended up homeless where they'd never been that way before. I often tell people, our homeless, it's, um, I think when you say homeless to a lot of people, they think of the guy on the street corner that needs a bath and a shave. <laughs> but that's not the majority of the homeless because the majority of the homeless in the U.S. today the average age is 11. Wow. And 57% of the homeless are women and children. So you do see those guys on the street corner. But ours sometimes are kind of the invisible homeless. Maybe it's two or three families sharing one apartment. They're just trying to get by however yeah. they can. That's a that's a big percentage that you, that you mentioned. I mean, 57% of a, a women and children, I was yeah. in shock. Yeah, yeah. That's a big number. They are a little more hidden from view a lot of times than those that you see. And and the ones you see on the street like that, which are truly unfortunate, but they are what we call chronic homeless. And some are there by, by choice. I mean, some don't want the parameters of being in a program or anything. Yeah, they, they just don't want to be part of any anybody. They just want to do their own thing, correct? Do their own thing, and that's... That's the way it is. What I call our people are episodic homeless. Okay. Something has happened that has precipitated this, where before they had been fine. They had been working. They had a rental. Some maybe even were trying to buy a house. But something happened, an illness, um, death, uh, severe medical problems, many things. And the pandemic, the, um, yes, and the pandemic too. So it's it's that kind of episodic homeless is what I call our folks. And with those, with a transitional program as we have that gives intensive case management, it helps them, it leads them. But they 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 have their own path. But we assist them in any way we can, so that when they leave there, uh, our program is. Six months, the normal program is up to six months. Um, And now we even offer an extended stay program that is like up to a year. So some of our folks can do live at our facility. For over six months, pretty much. For over six months. I'm sure you, I mean, with all the experience, all these 23 years that you've been in this uh, job and you've seen all up and downs for different things. How do you, how, what is the difference when, when you started uh, back in the day and now, now the, you know, in 2022, what is the difference with uh, how people can qualify or how people can take uh, right. financial assistance from your guys or, or, or get them supported from your guys? Right. Well, to come into our program, if you want to come into our housing program, we do interviews every Wednesday at two o'clock. Um, they come in, fill out an application. Um, then we have a personal interview with them while they're there. There are a couple of things that disqualify people from our program. Number one, you have to be at least 18 years old in order to be the custodial parent. You can't have any assaults in your background. And 
when you're admitted into our program, you have to pass a drug and alcohol screen. And sometimes people say, well, how compassionate is that to make them uh, have a drug and alcohol? It's real compassionate. We're not a detox and we're not a rehab facility. So if if when they come in for the interview, that appears to be the problem, we will our case managers who do the interviews will assist them in trying to get into a program here in our area or elsewhere and if they graduate from that drug and alcohol program, mm-hmm. then they're appropriate to come to us because then they have shown a commitment to a life change and wanting to get their family back on track. So once admitted to, into our program, oh, another uh, thing that we do because of the pandemic, uh, we also require that ad- our adults be COVID vaccinated. Okay. So, so that's a requirement. That is a requirement. No matter for, what, it needs to have for, approval for, a, for you adults. Being vaccinated. It, yes, we're not requiring it of children now, but okay. of adults, we do require. And, you know, those are free all over town, so it's not an issue to get it. So when they come in, if they don't have a job, and that's another thing that there's a misconception about. Many of our folks, when they come into the program, they have a job. But it may just be a low-paying job or, again, their hours might have been cut. Probably not now, but their hours were cut before. Um, And they just weren't making enough to pay all their bills and not be able to pay their rent, and they got evicted. So uh, they they – but if they don't have a job, uh, they have 30 working days to find employment. Okay. What what about transportation? Let's say you – uh, you get this qualification for uh, a woman and two kids or three kids. So, and this they don't have a, a job, they don't have a transportation. How y'all can help them with that? Okay. Well, number one, we can always supply a monthly bus pass to any of our residents and their children okay. if they need them. Um, obviously, the children that are going to school, and that's one thing that pe- it is different about. Homeless children are, in effect, almost a protected class. If when they enter our program, they have already been enrolled in a school district in our area, whatever school district in our area, then that school district must allow that child to remain in that school in the same classroom that they were already in. And at first I thought that was kind of over the top, but when you think about it and you look at our kids and you see how many times they've been moved around and they haven't had that consistency, that stability of being in the same place with the same people and having that kind of just consistency in their life. It is makes a big difference because most of our children are behind grade level when they come into our facility, mainly because of moving so much. Exactly. And it's a lot of instability from... Insta- I guess parents and they just moving it to right. I mean, different places, different place to place, family to family, wherever they can, you know, get get themselves together for a while. But that always doesn't last. What it, What about education? If a, let's say if a customer uh, come to you guys or a person and they say, "Well, we want to work and we want to finish my degree on." Okay, if we have had some. People go into programs or go into MCC, TSDC. Um, they just have to commit to working half time. So they have to work 20 hours a week plus 
going to school if that's what they want to do. And that's just part of it. So they have to work some. Once they get a job, they pay rent based on their income. But the wonderful thing about that is that if they graduate from our program, we reimburse up to half the money they paid in rent back to them when they leave, giving them first month's rent, deposit for utilities, a real heads up, and and most importantly, the beginning of an emergency fund or nest egg so that, you know, everybody has something happen once in a while that's unexpected. Car breaks down, kids get sick, can't work, uh, you know, one after another, especially, again, with the pandemic. I mean, you know, if it would go with one, if you could get them all infected at one time, it would be a lot easier. Right. But it kind of goes through a family or, you know, whatever. And so, and so, you know, when a mom misses, you know, eight, nine days of work, a lot of times she just gets canned. She is yeah. let go. Yeah. Um, and so... We do, and I, I started on what our services were, intensive case management. We do help with transportation as far as bus passes. Okay. We also um, help with child care as far as, number one, most of, all, almost all of our moms qualify for what's called CCS, child care services, and, um, but sometimes their slots are filled. Compassion will pay. We'll help them find a daycare that they feel comfortable with. Okay. And um, a lot of times we need transportation, and a lot of daycares in Waco don't have transportation or pickup, so we're limited in that respect, and I wish there were more that did offer that, but they don't. But anyway, so child care, and then we have, I do have on-site after-school care. So and Do y'all help like 100% of the child care, like uh, whatever it costs it will be, okay. or, or is any percentage that y'all help? Okay. Until they get their CCS, we will pay whatever it is to get them. If they find a slot, if, if they find a place they want their kids to go so they can go ahead and get to work. Okay. If they get, when they get CCS, CCS pays the majority, okay. far majority. I don't know what the exact percentage is. The parents, I think it's, it, I'm, I don't want to say a percentage because I'm going to, I want to have it right. But it's a small percentage, okay. maybe 10 to 15, 20%, something like that okay. of what a daycare would be. So they pay that. Themselves. But at least they cover at least a big chunk of right. uh, percentage, I mean, like 80 yeah, percent or something. A lot of people use CCS. I mean, child care is expensive. It is. It is extremely expensive. Um, so any kind of help, if you're going to require people to work, then you need to have a lot are going to have to have some help, especially if it's just a one-income family. They need the help. And so then also we pay for anything they need as far as uh, tools, um, certificates, whatever for employment. So if they need steel-toed boots, we buy them. If they if they need if they don't have their ID and they need to get birth certificates some, from somewhere so they can get an ID, a picture ID, and get their social security card, we pay for that wherever wherever they were born. We will get their birth certificate, all of that kind of stuff. Anything to help them get and maintain their job, we will help with. That's amazing that uh, you guys do that because uh, I know you mentioned that something that really that it catch my attention. You say, well, after thirty days they get a job and they, they start paying rent, and then at the end of the the whenever they graduate, um, they get reimbursed of that money. So that help definitely helps people 
um, you know, f- to buy a card or supports the family a little bit more, or at least paying like first couple months of the rent of a different right. place. Right. So that that's just amazing because um, I mean, every, every little dime help. Well, how so. how wouldn't you like to get half of your rent or mortgage payment <laughs> back at the end of every year? It, it's a gift. It's a gift that keeps on giving, and and that is really, I think. The mainstay of our program is teaching, budgeting, and how to handle your money, how to handle. I often tell people, you know, we are not a place of R&R. We are a place of A&R, accountability and responsibility. And as long as you participate in our program, you work our program, we are going to bend over backwards to help you, to assist you, to help guide you. We're there as a guide, but they have to want to do it. They have to want to do it. Yeah, they want. They need to have the attitude to move forward instead Correct. of just staying on the same Correct. place. Correct. And, you know, I think, Javier, I think we talked um, in my office earlier this week, and sometimes, you know, when people are so desperate and they don't have a place to live, you know, they'll come in and sign off on whatever they need to to get a place to live. And then they get there and they're kind of like, well, um, I don't really think I need this budgeting. I know how to handle my money. Really? <laughs> Why are you at Compassion? Exactly. Do you have a savings account you didn't tell us about? Are you a multimillionaire or something? I mean, yes. I mean, if you had money in the bank, you would not be coming to Compassion Ministries. And we just want people to understand it is not just a place to live. It is a place of calm, drama-free help and guidance to get you back on your feet if if that's what you want to do. And if you don't want to do that, please don't waste our time. Please don't waste our time. We've got people waiting on a waiting list. On the waiting list. To get in. So how, how many, how many, how big is your list that y'all have? Well, I mean, it's not that big right now. I mean, I think with all the stimulus money last year that you know, and that really helped a lot of people out. I think right now we have three on the approved list and then I have five on the pending list. In other words, they need to get something to us that we've asked for them to get, like um, to find their social security cards or, you know, get their COVID vaccine, bring the card in to show us that's done. So until they, you know, until they do those things, then those people will move over to our approved list. How, how do you guys handle it when all this uh, COVID-19 uh, hit, you know, because it was like, I'm, I'm sure do you all had like a full house or how do you well, get these people in well, and out? we did. We did. In 2020, when it hit, we, I was like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I mean, there was no vaccine. There was nothing. And, um, you know, everybody was quarantined for a while there in Waco. And we decided we were pretty much full at that point in time that we would not, even if someone left, we would not fill that apartment right then that we would have our own compassion bubble here in Waco so that um, we wanted, yes, they could go to work, the kids could go to school, or most of them were doing um, virtual learning. Virtual classes. Virtual classes. But um, we, we didn't want to bring in any other people and just keep it contained like that. So we got down 
by the end of the summer to where we just had five families there, five of the 14 apartments, nine were empty. But what happened then was we we have 12 apartments in our large building there on Austin Avenue, and then we have a duplex with two apartments. One of those apartments in the duplex became empty, and I said, (laughs) da-da, we're going to have a quarantine apartment, and we will let one family in at a time, and they can still go to work, they can still do school or whatever they're doing, but they cannot commingle with other residents, and they have to, after two weeks, they all have to pass the COVID test, be negative, and then we will move them into the regular, to the program, regular program and the regular apartments. So it took a while for us to build back up because, like I say, we only let one in at a time, and they were in there two weeks. Then we'd have to get it cleaned and sanitized and then bring the next family in. But we, we have been full now for over a year. Um, but we were very fortunate. I think we did the right thing because in 20, we only had one family that got it. In 21, we only had one family. And really, in this year, in 22, when I forget which variant it was, but we had actually five come down with it one week. It was three children and two adults. They weren't all in the same family. But it was when I think school really opened back up and everything. And, and at that one was a pretty viral. And this of. is the only facility that you guys have in Waco. That is right? correct. We are not a na- we are not connected nationally to anybody else. We are just the one Waco. and only. There are five downtown pastors that founded Compassion. Okay. Yeah, cuz this organization is not a profit organization like you say it's based on uh, Christian principles. Right. And um, and I was just kind of curious if you have a have any other relationship with any other organization around the Texas or the US. No, I mean we we are um, we have a good relationship with all the homeless providers in Waco, but we, no, we are not. Uh, sometimes people do confuse us. Mission Waco, Compassion Ministries, and um, in fact, Jimmy Doral was on the original. He was one of the original pastors that helped found it. And after I came on, then he got off the board, and he he wanted to make sure that people knew we were. Two separate, different entities. entities. Correct. Nice. nice. Yes. So, uh, but as you mentioned earlier, I mean, the, uh, the goal of uh, compassion is kind of re- reintegrate people back to their normal lives. So let's say uh, they finish their five months, six months, I'm sorry. Uh, if they want to stay a little bit longer, there's a possibility uh, to stay a little bit longer. It just depends if they qualify and they uh, if they get approved according to the the rules that y'all go by. Right. Um, how do, how do, what disqualify people or is anything that if they do, they, you can immediately say, hey, you need, you can evict them right away? Yes. What they, they what do, these people we do need not to do? Have, we are not a landlord. You know, we call it rent, but it's really a program fee. Okay. okay? It's a program fee. And when they come in, they sign off on, and they understand it's kind of the old three strikes and you're out. And it's not for, minor things it's like uh threatening somebody uh being totally disrespective to staff um uh not following the rules as far as taking care of your children watching your children being a good parent kind of thing Mm -hmm. but they know if they get a write-up i'm the i'm the principal there (laughs) you're the one to keep them on the line huh? (laughs) 
<laughs> they have to come to my office and they sign off on the paper. And any time they get a write-up, like I say, it's three strikes and you're out. So if they're in my office on number two, I say, you got one more, one one more, and you're gone. You you are out of here. So you need to watch your P's and Q's and, and follow the program rules. Our program rules are are not difficult. I know. Yeah. As as you and I, we were talking the other day, I mean, I I read a little bit of information and you mentioned several stuff that y'all do. I mean, it's not complicated to to follow the rules. Um, And especially because your guys that y'all do uh, counseling, job training, search, you know, daycare, uh, child programs and and offer transportation. I mean, that's amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, people when they really understand our program, are amazed at, at what we provide. And uh, just this week, I got a call from a woman that she came into Compassion last December, and then all of a sudden, she was gone in January. And she went back with her ex, who was an abuser, but mm-hmm. she thought everything was going to be fine. I got a call from her literally this week saying, she said, I am so sorry I did that. I made one of the biggest mistakes of my life by leaving your program, and now he's done it to me again, and he's gone. And here I am down in Houston with my child, and I've got this high rent that, that you know, and I don't know how I'm going to pay it, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and I just wanted you to know how sorry I was that it ended that way, and I never should have just, I mean, she literally just was there one day and gone, didn't even say goodbye. Wow. I mean, and and finally, the case manager got a hold of her on the phone, because we were a little concerned that something something had happened to her, and she said, no, no, you know, we, we had been talking, and I thought it was all, I thought he'd changed, and everything was going to be fine, and so y'all, y'all get all this uh, repetitive uh, people sometimes that, you know, they, they try and they're trying to figure it out something with the significant other or family or whatever uh, yeah. problem they have. And then y'all can take them back at some point, you know, trying to offer we, them the help can. they need we it can. again. I mean, I, and, and uh, this, this young woman did not ask to come back. I mean, she didn't even ask, but she... I think she just had a guilty feeling because of the way she left. The way she left. And didn't just come and talk to us and tell us. I mean, you know, it was just kind of weird. But we we can take people back. Generally, um, if someone has been there before and they come back again, it it generally doesn't turn out as well. I think going back to me being like the principal – you know, when you're a child and you're in elementary school and you go to the principal's office, I mean, your eyes are this big and they look that big and you're like, oh, this is bad. And, <laughs> and, then, and then when you, I remember going back after um, uh, I was on WISD school board years ago and um, we went over to my elementary school in Waco and I thought, oh, my gosh, I thought of this place is so huge and big and the cafeteria was huge and it was a little big dinky thing and my principal's office was just this. Anyway, it, there ju- it's just, it's you know, it's what you imagine and what you think and, and how things change as, as you go, go back again and and people realize after a while you know, that 
I'm not that I'm not that mean and gruff like they think I am in the beginning, <laughs> but I'm really a pretty nice lady, and um, all you got to do is follow the rules. And you are super along. nice. I know you are. Since yeah. the day I met you, I already knew, I already knew that you were super nice. So uh, yes, uh, Miss Jill had a, a I had spent probably 30, 40 minutes with her, and she showed me a little bit of her office, a little bit of the building. I mean, it's a great facility. Um, I mean, very clean facility and, and the stuff that, that y'all guys do and it's amazing. How many people is working with y'all? How many people work together? How many That's, employees do I have? Yes. There are a total of nine of us, but I'm the only full-time person. Everybody else is part-time. Like a part-time. Part-time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody's from Waco, I'm assuming? Everybody lives in Waco now nice. that works for me. Yes. Yes. That's good. What about like whenever people have, um, I'm sure all these many years that you've been working there, you've seen kids that come back to you. Maybe have you ever had that experience with mom and dad or was a family that you had and say, well, thank you. My kids are already going to college or they finished high school. And then you met them like this little one. Now they're huge. Absolutely. Two of my night monitors are past residents of Compassion from years ago. And um, so their kids now, um, both of them had like elementary school and preschoolers. And both of them have kids now that are in college and uh, are high school. And, and it's just amazing to see those kids now. And it's, it's very rewarding to see how well they have done. Does everybody do well at Compassion? No, no. And it's never going to be, I mean... That's just the human nature, and that's, you know, God gives us free will. And if someone doesn't want to work the program, me wanting them to do it isn't going to do it. They have to want it. Yeah, it's like, it's like you said earlier. I mean, you have to you have the uh, power yourself to get, to want to do it and, and move forward with your life and do something different, you know. Because, right. I mean, if you don't have that attitude, positive attitude to, to right. do something, I mean, you're never going to pass out that line. And right. It's just going to be more complicated. Yeah. How do you guys do, like, uh, volunteers? Uh, the, is any people, is, if, yes. if they want to help you guys? Absolutely. It, uh, if anybody wants to volunteer, uh, first question I always ask them if they call or come by is, would you rather be working with our children or with our adults? Um um, because on Thursday nights, we have what we call our co-partner program. I've already mentioned that budgeting that we teach, but we don't teach it in a class. We have community volunteers working in pairs. That's why we call them co-partners. And they work with two residents the entire time those residents are there. So it's a real accountability system. By the second week in program, they are completing a budget. They are submitting receipts for every penny that they spend. Uh, my husband said I needed to go through this program. I told him absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> but um, because, you know, when they're in there the week before and the, the co-partner, the volunteer, is helping them set up that that initial budget, and then they come back the next week with an actual filled out because that's the problem with a lot of people. They who have never really learned or learned how to save and they don't know where their money is going, and they just get paid, and they have money in their pocket, and they spend it, and then when it's gone, they go, whoops, 
we've still got 10 days left in the month and we don't have any grocery money and we can't pay our rent for next month. What are we going to do? Well, that's how you learn how what percentage of money are you spending on groceries? Now it's a lot more. It's going to be a lot more. Everything's expensive nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So, but how much do you spend on entertainment? How much do you spend on fast food? How much do you, you know, all of this. You know, what, what are your medical bills? What are your utilities? And it's learning to that, you know, if you aren't making enough to pay all your bills, you have two options. One, get another job or a higher-paying job. Or two, decrease your expenses. That's the only way it's going to work. Or else you're going to be in trouble all your life. Exactly. Exactly. And another thing that I think we touched on, too, the other day, Javier, is we used to, because they get used to paying, obviously paying their rent program fee every month, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we also want them to really feel good about themselves, to be, I can't tell you how many people I have, when they graduate, have come to me and said, do you know, this is the first time I finished and graduated from anything in my life. I mean, that is such an empowering statement to be able to say that. Because once somebody experiences success, completing something, graduating from something, they want to get that feeling again. I mean, it's almost like having a high about feeling good about yourself and what you do. But the other part of, you know, with our, you know, when, people would graduate before, then they would be able to go out and find an apartment, you know, two-bedroom, maybe six, $700. That's no more. That's no more. Those same two-bedroom apartments are now $900 or $1,000. What we have started focusing on is getting our folks, those that can qualify, not all of not everybody can, but those that can qualify, to get into one of the housing programs here in Waco, like Grassroots, uh, NeighborWorks, uh, Habitat. Because like a Habitat house, we have a woman that is fixing to move into her Habitat. She went from being homeless and coming to compassion mm-hmm. to qualifying and getting a Habitat home, which is with three bedrooms, I think it's going to be, it's under $700. Well, wow. she can afford that. She can, and she's going to own her home, yes. own her own home, That's from homelessness good. to home ownership. That's amazing. Amazing. It is. Amazing. Well, if I do say so myself. Well, that, that, that speaks uh, a lot from, from what you're saying, you know, that, that means that y'all guys doing great and y'all doing what y'all supposed to do. And that's amazing that y'all putting all this help to these people and changing a little bit of their lives, you know, because, um, it's just incredible how much people is in the need of, of a house or, or homeless. I mean, I, I see it more often now. Uh, a lot of and you already mentioned, you know, they homeless by choice, you know. But I think there is a lot of opportunities in town yeah. here in Waco that even not not a lot of people knows about it. But that's that's just what we do. These kind of programs, you know, that that way people can have an idea what what is in, in Waco, how you can get help, right. and 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 saying that um yes if anybody is interested 
please go and look at our website too. It's CompassionWaco.com. It has all of our rules and regulations um, it, on the housing tab. If you scroll down to the bottom of that page, there's an, a downloadable application. You could have that fill out that application and bring it in when you come on a Wednesday at two o'clock and have it and have it ready to go. And, and y'all have people that speak Spanish. Y'all have what is yes. Okay. I, one of my case managers is bilingual. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is her name? Her name is Barbara Bridgewater. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Barbara Barbara is one of the one of the members, the uh, case manager that speaks Spanish. So, if you if there is people that speak Spanish, you know. Yeah. They have we have our applications in Spanish. I don't. Uh, I'm not for. I think the Spanish version is on the website too, but we do have a Spanish version of the application, okay. Barbara. And if they call into Compassion, it will say, um, it, "Yeah, Barbara Bridgewater," and her extension is 102, okay. and 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 she will visit with you in in Spanish and yeah, tell you all the program. And uh, where where is the address? Uh, it's at 1421 Austin Avenue, correct? That is correct. We're right next to Saronia. Downtown, yes. Nice, nice. Caddy corner from the First Methodist Church. Well, and, and we didn't, we forgot to touch base on that. I know you graduated from Baylor, and what was the experience in Baylor now that Baylor is growing like super? It is so fast. different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there for probably five or so, ten years, maybe I hadn't been on the campus, and my husband and I went down there, and we were like, oh my gosh, no, we don't even know where. Where to move? Where did all these buildings come from? I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, we always support the basketball program, but but as far as being on the campus per se, that was the only part we. Is your husband from uh, Baylor? Graduated from Baylor as well? Yes, yes. Okay, he did. He did. We have Baylor ties. Our Baylor family. Um, My father-in-law actually was president of Baylor uh, from 1960 to 1980. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Abner McCall. Nice. So, do you see that there's a there's a new building, and I just mentioned it because uh, I live around Baylor, yeah. and um, there's a new building they they had over here on like the highway right in front of this uh, hotel, the Spring Hills Hotel, and it's just amazing how quick they build it. I think I think you're talking about the new Welcome the, Center. Yes, the yes. Welcome Center. It's just um, it's amazing how it's like <laughs> at the beginning of the year they just barely starting, and now it's almost completely done. The yeah. outside I was like, wow. I know. They really. Now, okay. Baylor is, oh, gosh, it, the campus that w- my husband and I were on, I mean, I graduated in 1975, and he graduated from undergraduate school in 1969, and then from Baylor Law School in 1972, but, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a minor little piece of <laughs> <laughs> where what it is now, it's huge. You got it's, a degree in science, correct? I I have um, the bachelor of science in education is what I got. I actually was trained as a teacher, but when I graduated from Baylor, um, even though I had a three nine six when I graduated, I graduated summa cum laude. I could not get a teaching job within a fifteen mile radius of Waco, Texas. Wow! Back in the seventies, if people a lot of women didn't work even then. I mean, you really have to think back. I'm sure you obviously were not born. But, you know, if people got a teaching job, generally they kept it. I mean, they kept it their whole – they taught for 40 years wow. then. Or 
And also, I was at a disadvantage, too, because um, my teaching field was social sciences. Okay. And that included government and history. Well, I'm, unfortunately for teachers that that's their cup of tea, coaches often get those <laughs> jobs. And so... I could not get a teaching job when I graduated from Baylor. There was no many opportunities, huh? Yeah. At that time. I saw wow. I went a friend of mine uh, was working at MHMR and she said, Hey, saw this on um, in the paper or whatever and juvenile probation is looking for a volunteer coordinator. Why don't you go try for that? And so I went and I applied and got the job and I worked there from nineteen seventy five to seventy eight and then um uh, I, I retired for a while and stayed at home and had my children. I went back to work at Juvenile in the 90s, and I worked there from 93 to 99 and then went to Compassion. How many children do you have? I have two. two. I have a 44-year-old son, and my daughter's 42. And they live both in Waco? They no, neither, neither one. This <laughs> is, you know, and that's the nice thing about Waco now is that kids are staying in Waco. Um, my daughter lives in San Angelo, and my son lives in Dallas, and they're okay. both happy where they are. But um, and neither one went to Baylor. They they wanted to get out of Waco. Even then, they wanted to leave Waco. And I am so proud, and I'm so glad to see so many young people staying in Waco now. It just warms my heart because it's a wonderful town. I mean, I was kind of disappointed when we got through when my husband graduated. And I kind of wanted to go to a big city. But after I had children, I was so glad that we were in a community like this where we knew a lot of people. And it was good to know the people who your children were with at school and 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 that you could drive across town then in 10 minutes. In I 10 mean, minutes. that's not anymore, but no. you used to drive across town in 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, Waco's just growing so fast that, uh, like you mentioned, uh, I mean, Baylor used to be like this little bubble, and now it's just like all over the place. They new buildings, <laughs> new housing around Baylor. It's just oh. it's amazing how uh, Waco is growing uh, mm. just because of Baylor and uh, with all these um, the TV guys, uh, Magnolia thing is just right. like a more attention to everybody to come sure. to Waco. You know, sure. a lot of California people coming over to Waco. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a couple of years ago, you hardly ever see like, I mean, you see only Texas, but now you see a lot of California people in town. Yeah. And and it's good. It's, it's bringing more uh, different uh, people to town and, and new ideas. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's helping everybody at some point. Absolutely. I, I couldn't be happier. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you here, Miss Jill. And I'm very happy. Thank you that you came over and talked to us and give us a little bit of a, a background uh, over yourself and shared it, exactly what you guys do at the Compassion Ministries in Waco, which is located at, again in 1421 uh, Austin Avenue. So if you have, if you guys have a question, please just give them a call. And I'm yeah, the number, I, the phone number. I can give that. Sure. Two five four. Seven five five seven six four zero, and um, yeah, call us, uh, look us up on the web, um, and if you would like to come down and just visit with me about if you have a special talent, we talked a little bit about volunteering, and really it's kind of children's programming and then adult programming. But you know, maybe you have a special kill, skill or something, maybe. I don't know, you want to come down and teach art to our children. You want to come and um, 
teach our moms how to knit. You want to, I mean, I'm open. I would, I would uh, be glad to use anybody's talents to give them. You know, it's nice for them to have um, the opportunity to learn some new skills while they're there too. So, um, would love to talk to anybody that would like to volunteer. Absolutely, and uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to put my name on the list if there's any, anything that we can help uh, uh, volunteer. And, and I know you mentioned uh, the other day that Miss Jill showed me the, the facility. I mean, they have a lot of good stuff for Christmas, you know. And, yeah. you know, Christmas is down the block, I mean. Yeah. Uh, well, I want a white Christmas this year, a white Christmas meaning uh, anytime, any place, white paper towels, white toilet paper, white diapers and white baby wipes we love it we love it we never have enough of that we'll take it any day of the week <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess you already heard it well, <laughs> well what is in the need of the of the of the facility well thank you so much for, so, for uh, coming over with with us today um i'm gonna say it in spanish para la gente que nos está escuchando también uh, uh, ellos están localizados en el 1421 Austin Avenue y su número de teléfono es el 755-7640. Uh, Michelle tiene a alguien más que los puede ayudar en español. Uh, su nombre es este, Bárbara y ella es el case manager. Ella puede ayudar para gente que estaba hablando uh, puro español. Pueden este, preguntar por ella y ellos pueden darles la información correcta por si tienen alguna duda, cómo tienen que... Este, ponerse en contacto con ellos o si quieren llenar alguna aplicación, eh, están más que dispuestos ellos para ayudar y poder este, de alguna forma a poner el granito de arena que se necesita para que toda la gente pueda tener un lugar donde vivir y puedan tener una mejor, una mejor vida con sus niños y con el resto de la comunidad. Muchas gracias porque la señora Macao vino hoy. Uh, estoy muy contento. Y bueno, pues esperemos que podamos hablar muy pronto con, con ellos y podamos hacer algo juntos. And what I'm saying, uh, thank you again that you came over. That hopefully we can do something together in the future. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can, we can uh, get more people to volunteer and, and, and help as much as we can. Because uh, this is the facility that, uh, or the ministries that we can, as a community, we need to get together and help each other and yeah. make it a better living for everybody. So... Thank you, everybody that is listening to us, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.